Well, welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Louis Hulbgox, lead pastor elect here at Neighborhood Church. Uh, it is such a great uh, time to be together. I'm thankful for each and every one of you here in person. Uh, always thankful for everyone joining us on other sides of TVs and computer screens around the world. Uh, I truly don't believe anyone is here by accident. God has something uh, for each and every one of us uh, today. Uh, let's, uh, let's bow once more in prayer. Father, as we look to your word, we pray that it would become alive in our lives. Not simply words written on a page, but truths that are embedded in the very being and DNA of who we are. Help us to become the walking, talking, breathing word of God. Help us to be truly mindful that we are the modern day, present, tangible hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors and our coworkers and our family members and each and every person you've put us within arm's reach of. And that we are the temple of the spirit of God on earth. As individuals and tonight as the gathered body and your spirit is here in a unique and special way. May this be truly, may, may we be truly mindful of this, we pray. Amen? Well, we are in uh, week three of our series called Life in the Neighborhood. Uh, we started off week one. Uh, we're talking about who we already are as the neighborhood church and, and how we're going to continue to live and function as people of the neighborhood church. Week one, we talked about the reality that you and the person sitting next to you are called by God, that uh, the leaders of the church are actually gifts from Christ to the church. The job of leaders or pastors is to equip God's people, to equip the saints, to equip you to do the work of the ministry, not to do the work of the ministry for you. And then we talked about the fact that every believer in Christ, every member is a minister of the gospel. Every person here who knows Jesus as Lord and Savior is a minister of the gospel. And then last week, we talked about uh, different but united. And we looked around at each other and we went, whoo, there are some different people here. But we're different but united. And somehow in our unity, as we come together, uh, different people with different backgrounds, united in Christ, we can have an incredible impact for Christ in our modern day world. And that was what we talked about for the last two, uh, two weeks. Tonight, we're gonna kind of look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and we're going to uh, look through that portion of Scripture. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a parallel Scripture to Ephesians 4 that we've looked at for the last couple of weeks because it once again talks about the church being the body of Christ and the many different body parts. But in the middle of these three chapters, there's this little portion that we often call the love chapter. Uh, this is also, guys, you're reminding that Wednesday is Valentine's. Okay. I've warned you two weeks in a row. There's no excuses. So in the middle of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, as Paul is talking about the church being the body and every body having a, every person, every member having a specific part to play, in the middle of that, we read these words from Corinthians. Paul writes, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always persevere, perseveres. Love never fails. Now out in the wild, when you're not maybe in a church service, where, where do we normally hear these verses? We hear this at a wedding, right? Almost exclusively. I actually think that this is possibly the most um, taken out of context portion of Scripture in the entire Bible. 
Because for some reason, we stand in front of a minister and we, we confess, uh, declare our, our love to this one person who we already really, really, really like. And to that one person, we say, that love is patient and kind and, and not self-seeking. And, and that's awesome. And we should be like that to our spouses, right? Like not keeping any records of wrong and, and being patient and, and, and always enduring. And, and just imagine the divorce rate if we actually functioned like this with our spouse. Patient, kind, not self-seeking, uh, not keeping records of wrong, always hopeful, always enduring, always persevering. Like that would be amazing if we functioned like that towards our spouse. But that's not actually the context of which Paul wrote about wrote these verses. You know what the context is? Paul is penning these words in the context of how we worship together as the people of God, how we treat each other as the people of God, and how we use our spiritual gifts within the confines of the local church. Now, should we treat our spouse like this? Oh, you should be nodding. We should be treating our spouse like this, but this isn't actually written for, this is how you should treat the one person on the planet that you already really, 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 really like, generally speaking. That's not what Paul is saying. He's not saying the one person that you really like at this moment as you're getting married is the one person that you should treat like this. No, no, he's saying to us, his followers, this is how we ought to and need to and must treat one another. All those people that we looked around at last week and said, whoo, they're different than me. But we're different and united, and in that, there's incredible impact. But this is actually how we're to treat each other. Take a look around. Take a look around. The people in this room. Maybe somebody you're already ticked off at for some silly reason. Let's, uh, let's look at this in a little broader context. Starting in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, we're going to jump down to verse 4. Paul saying, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Jumping to verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, by faith, the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. God gives us all gifts, right? Just as the body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And this is the portion then where Paul delves into the idea that, you know, if the ear says I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, but that's not true because we all have our own unique ability to come and minister as the family of God, the body of Christ. And then he continues on. And he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy but cannot 
uh, and can fathom all the mysteries and knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am I'm just nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And it's in the midst of this, talking about us being parts of the body, all unique, each having a gift given to us in this sense of how we worship and how we serve and how we minister through spiritual gifts. Paul says that love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And now, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is Love, follow the way of love, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. And that is the reading of God's Word. Amen? So this week, as we talk about life in the neighborhood, we're going to talk about love. Next week, as we wrap up our series, we're going to talk about the Spirit and about gifts. But for today, we're going to talk about love. And the truth is, yes, we should be protecting and, and trusting and hoping and persevering in a never-failing love within our marriages. But we should also be doing it within the confines of the local church, within the confines of who we are as brothers and sisters in Christ. We should also be doing it with the people that are seated here tonight with us, with the family of God day in and day out. Now, somebody might say, well, Pastor Louis, why? I already got to figure out how to love this person. Now you got to tell me I got to love all these other people, right? And the why is pretty simple because Jesus says this to us as his followers. He says, a new command I give you, and that command is what? Love one another. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must Love one another. And this is a command, not a suggestion, right? And then he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you, if you love one another. Life in the neighborhood. Who, in many ways, I think we already are. And how we're going to function and live as the people of the neighborhood church. The first kind of thought for today is this. Life in the neighborhood. People will know we are disciples of Jesus because of our love for one another. Loving one another is how Jesus said the world is supposed to know we're his followers, we're his disciples, that he's the Lord of our lives. And I would declare, and I hope you decree with me, the world will know. The world will know that we, the people at the neighborhood church, are disciples, are followers of Jesus Christ that he is our Lord, because they will see how we, how we love one another. I pray you decree it with me. Oh, the world will know that those people who go to this neighborhood church must be followers of Jesus, because there's something about them and how they treat and act and how they love one another. The command of Christ 
patient. We will be patient. As we connect with one another, maybe we meet somebody who's maybe not as mature as we are. And they're kind of rambling on about things that we think are kind of less than or silly or immature. We're going we're to be patient. Or maybe we connect with somebody who, who, who we have a little bit of a, a difference on, on some minor theology. We're just not going to give up on people. We're going to be patient. We're going to be kind. In the, uh, in the Born of the Bible dictionaries, the word kind is defined as disposed to be good to others. Having a disposition. My general disposition, our general disposition is to be good to others. I pray we're known as, as that group. Like that, that group, they just, they just generally like each other and they celebrate each other and... and and when one succeeds, like, there's no envy, there's no jealousy. The whole group is just like, oh, I'm with you. They're not envious of, of what possessions the other might have. That they're just truly glad for one another. They're just, they're just so, so excited to see someone else be blessed. They're not boastful. I've hung out with them. Not once have I ever seen them go, oh, <coughs> look at me. Have you ever been in a conversation? Guys, this is for us. We, uh, you're four guys around a coffee table, and it's amazing how everyone has done something better than the last one. And it goes around the circle, and the first guy all of a sudden did something. Oh, let me tell you. But this group, like I told them my crazy story that everybody knows not real, and they're like, oh, that's interesting. Believe it or not, they didn't try to one-up me. They're humble. Oh, those people at the neighborhood church, they honor, they honor one another. I have never once heard a spouse, like, like, one, like the ones who are married, like I've never once heard one of the spouses like say kind of an off-color like joke about their, I've never once heard a husband make an off-color joke about their wives, not once. And then I, I, I got together with some of the wives and, and I, they got together and like they all like talked about honoring and respecting their, their husbands. Never once was there, ah, oh, let me tell you about my old bag. Like not once. These people from this church, there's something different about them. They just, they just honor each other. And it's not just men and women. It's not just husbands and wives. The whole group of them. I've just never heard them say a disparaging thing. They just lift each other up. They don't try to get their own way. It's amazing how they think of others first. It's, it's amazing how they're just willing to kind of set themselves aside. Not easily angered. I was in this situation, and man, I know I had a blow in my top. But somehow, somehow they, they, they didn't get all riled up. It's, it's, it's like they trusted in a higher power was in control. They, they didn't get all wonky. Go, ah! They're just like, you know what? I don't understand it, but, but they just didn't get angry quickly. And, and then you won't believe it. I, I was hanging out with these people from the neighborhood church, and, and they don't keep record of wrongs. Like, like they just, they just forgot, like they just, I don't know what's going on with them. It's almost unbelievable. Like, I've got lists. But they just, they just don't keep record. 
They're protective and trustworthy and hopeful. And no matter what, they, they want to persevere. Life in the neighborhood church. Who we are and how we're going to live and function as the people of Jesus who come together here. People will know that we are disciples of Jesus because of our love for you better look at somebody and say one another. Yeah, because of our love for one another. And those of you who just looked at your spouse, you copped out. Okay. <laughs> Should be loving like that to your spouse, but we need to be loving like that beyond our spouses. Life in the neighborhood church. As disciples, loving is living out the command of Christ. This is a command. Jesus said a new he said, a new command I give you. He didn't say a new suggestion. He didn't say a new option. He didn't say, here's multiple choice, A, B, C, D. It's always C. It's not what he said. He said, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, you ought to love one another. This is how people will know. But a new command. This is where we actually determine whether Jesus is technically our Lord. I've said it numerous times, I've said it in the past couple weeks, I try to live my life as an adventure in saying yes to Christ. Because if he's my Lord, my answer is yes. So if he says he's commanded me to love the people of the church with this love that keeps no record of wrongs, at the neighborhood as disciples, loving is living out this command not just a farm wuzzy fuzzy feeling it's being obedient to the command of Christ when you irritate me and you will I'm going to be patient and loving now here's the other part when I irritate you and guess what well somebody knows because I'm sure I've done it already when I irritate you I will I pray you're going to be patient with me too The command of Christ, it's not necessarily about how we feel, but how we act. Loving, by this definition, requires hard work. It, it's an action. It, it, it's a it's, it's motion. It's putting ourselves, kind of changing our, our position in life and not getting to, you know, we have to have our way. It's this action of moving towards someone. There's the, there's the emotion of love, and then there's the motion of love. And it's great to have the emotions, and we all have feelings and emotions, and they're, they're good, but we also need to change those emotions to motion sometimes. Jenny and I celebrated 25 years of marriage in January. Trust me, I burnt out the good emotions a uh, long time ago. Thankfully, she's mature and a great follower of Jesus. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said, don't waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we'll find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you loved someone, you will presently come to love him. If you injured someone you dislike, you'll find yourself disliking him more. If you do him a good turn, you'll find yourself disliking him less. 
oh, neighborhood, who we are and who we're going to be, how we're going to live and function. As disciples, we're going to be realizing that loving is living out the commands of Christ. I pray that each of us says yes. I'm going to act this way even when I don't feel like it. Even when somebody's done something to me that justifies me keeping a record of wrong, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to be obedient to Christ's command to, to love. Even when the pastor irritates me. And then the last thought for today is this. Life at the neighborhood church. As disciples of Jesus, we will love like Jesus loved. Life at the neighborhood church. As disciples, we will love like Jesus loved. John 13 from the message, let me give you a new command, love one another, and then it says, in the same way I loved you. In the same way I loved you, Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, hear your Lord and Savior speaking to you right now. Hear his voice, hear his, hear his words. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. As disciples of Jesus, we will love like Jesus loved. What does that mean? For each and every one of us, I pray that the Spirit of God actually speaks to you and reminds you of the many ways that Jesus has loved you and that we reciprocate that to others. It also means at times, touching the untouchable. Providing practical needs to the broken and hurting masses. Challenging people to remove the things that, that create barriers between them and, and our loving Heavenly Father. Sometimes it means hanging out with people that most of us don't like. It means examining ourselves before passing judgment means getting our hands dirty in people's lives and in people's messes. It means sacrificing and blessing those even who happen to be our enemies. Jesus actually touched the untouchable, right? He touched the leper. He forgave those who were unforgivable in that society. He, he forgave the adulterous woman. And he served his own disciples by washing their feet. Day in and day out, Jesus expressed love. Now sometimes I think, sometimes we excuse ourselves, or maybe it's just me, sometimes I'll excuse myself from loving like Jesus loved because I can say, well, Jesus only did those as one-offs. Like Jesus didn't have to, you know, he healed the blind man, but he didn't have to live with the blind man. Like I, I, I'm stuck with these people in my house and at my work. and So surely I could love like Jesus loved if it was only one off. When we, uh, when we previously pastored in Carlisle, we had taken, over the course of quite a few years, we'd taken about 450 people on short-term missions to Mexico. We, uh, we bought a large Greyhound bus and we'd take this bus. We would drive from Saskatchewan through the entire U.S. into Mexico uh, 48 hours straight. Whew. 30 people in this bus would get to Mexico and we would minister for seven days. And it was easy to love the Mexican people. 
and it was easy to minister to them and easy to love them. You know why? Well, we were there to minister, but really we also knew that we weren't going to see them in seven more days. You know who was really hard to love on that missions trip? The 29 other stinky people in that bus. Like we were stuck in the same cabin with them for 48 hours. Trust me, by hour seven... The reality is, if we're going to love like Jesus loves, there is moments where there's these one-offs, where we're going to encounter somebody on the street, and we need to reach down and reach out, and we need to touch and engage with somebody who maybe society has cast aside. There's going to be moments where where Christ calls us on mission or uh, to adventures. We need to step into that. But Jesus also lived with the disciples day in and day out for three years. And when he gave the command that his followers were to love one another, he was giving that command to who? The disciples people who were engaged with one another day in and day out. And if we're going to love like Jesus loves, we need the empowerment of the Spirit of God, but we also need to be willing to say yes. I'm going to love the people you put in front of me that that I just happened to bump into as as a divine intersection, but I'm also going to look around at the people in this room, the people I do life with, the people I'm engaged with day in and day out, and God, by your, by your spirit, with your help, I, I want to live out your command. And I want to love like you loved. Lord, help me. Help me to love in a way. Help me to love in a way that represents you well. If I can get the band to come back up. To love like Jesus loved. It means loving people when they don't deserve it, when they can't earn it. To love like Jesus loved is actually marked by selflessness and not putting ourselves above others. I pray that with the people within this family that we truly love like Jesus loved the people that God has brought into our path as one-offs and the people that God has brought into our paths day in and day out, in our our homes, in our workplaces, and in the church. The people we bump into, the people we realize we we need to connect with and do life together as the people of God. And there's going to be moments for us to express that love because there's going to be moments that probably rub us the wrong way. But life in the neighborhood. People will will know that we are disciples of Christ because of our love for one another. And as his disciples, we will express that loving is living out the commands of Christ. And I pray that we would love like Jesus loved. Love is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud does not dishonor, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, does not delight in evil, it rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, 
and always perseveres. Love never fails. May this be who we are as the neighborhood church and how we're going to live and function as Jesus followers here at the neighborhood church. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, oh Lord God, I thank you for what you've done in our lives. I thank you for how you've loved each and every one of us. And I do pray that we actually hear you speaking to us, reminding us of the many ways that you've loved us. I just pray that we hear you speaking to us right now, reminding us of the many ways that you've loved us. And Lord, we would be thankful, we would stand in awe, and we would say, yes, yes, Jesus. I will love others like that. You've been so good to me. Yes, Jesus. I will reach out to the hurting and the broken. I'll reach out to those that I'm in constant contact with, with patience and kindness. And, and Lord, I'm, I'm going I'm to do my best with your help to not keep record of wrongs. And Lord, I, I pray that the world would know that it would just be undisputable that we are followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, because we live out the command that you gave us to truly love one another, honoring each other. Lord, may this define life at the neighborhood church. this type of love be very real for each and every one of us. Help us move within us so that we can express this love and fulfill your command to love, to love our brothers and sisters just as you loved us. We pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.